0: Welcome to another edition of the Suns Jam Session Podcast. You know, I was thinking today, and I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to bring my co-host Matthew in for this one. Matthew, I was thinking today about the fact that there is a ton of Christmas songs, like a shit ton of Christmas songs. There's a few Hanukkah songs, and hell, Halloween even has a song. They did the Monster Mash, right? Why does Thanksgiving
1: not have a song, man? I don't know. That is a good question. I was not prepared for that. Otherwise, I would have probably studied or looked it up for an hour or so to see if there is one. The only one I can think of is the one from Home Alone, or not Home Alone, Adam's Family 2. The one where they have the play, but I don't even know what song that is, but that's the only thing I think of when it's, it comes yeah, to Thanksgiving. Yeah, like the, the only thing that's like where they set the club. stage on fire. Yeah, that's it. That's that's totally it. That's great, man. Are we going to make a song or something or what? <laughs> you know what? I think there's no songs because Thanksgiving happens. You get so full and like you're sick of yourself. You have no creativity. Your brain's clogged, so you can't think of anything to sing, right? Maybe, but like, there's so much anticipation for Thanksgiving
0: after Halloween that you think you'd sit around, just like Christmas, and you're like, we've got to come up with an epic Thanksgiving song to celebrate what is, in my opinion, the best holiday of the year. Yeah, yeah. No, is it your, I is it what, what is your favorite holiday? Easter? Oh, don't be late. No, it, it's Christmas. Okay. It, it's
1: Christmas and Halloween, neck to neck. Right now, because Christmas, I don't get any presents. You don't get any presents either, do no. you? yeah no all i get is debt it's all about the kids yeah it's it's all it's all about the debt yeah it's, it's no longer fun <laughs> that was a good question to start the pod with though you know maybe some of the jamsters would know if there's a song out there we just haven't thought of yeah i mean
0: i was i was thinking about it on my drive home today i'm like there's no good thanksgiving songs, and for me it is my favorite holiday man i yeah. I I love eating food. What can I say? So, oh, at, I'm right there with you, dude. Yeah. So, and Christmas, you know, to its own right, has you know Christmas dinner, and Christmas is nice because there's Christmas Eve and there's Christmas. So. You know, if if you come from divided households, uh like I do, you know, you get everybody. Yeah, like everybody. (laughs) Everybody. You get two Christmases, like, oh, that's my Christmas Eve family, and that's my Christmas family. Yeah. So I guess that's why I and I can understand that's maybe why people like Christmas more. It's like you get stuff, but like you said, as you get older, you don't get stuff, you give stuff, which is actually more fun in my opinion. I love giving I love giving.
1: Me too. I love giving more than getting, I think. Well, it depends what it is, because if I was surprised with a PlayStation five this year, that's the best get I've ever gotten. So that would be great.
0: Do you know what I really want for Christmas this year? What do you want? I really want a Valley Boys jersey, man. Oh, like I really want like a Devil over, over a PS5.
1: Over a PS, yeah, because a
0: PS5 is uh, for a couple reasons. I don't play video games nearly as much as I used to. I can't tell you last time I touched my PS4 in an mm-hmm. effort to do anything other than watch Netflix. I mean, you're right. You're right. I, I just don't like ever since I went back to work. Now during the pandemic, God bless that thing. I was playing Call of Duty and NBA Two K like all day every day because I had nothing else to do. But like I'm a I'm a busy guy, you know. Yeah, you kind of. I, I don't have time it. to really commit to a PS5. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm still a male, and I still want one. I'm still a kid at heart. Still, and I still want one. I'm still a guy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, you know, I'm right there with you. I actually, whenever I play now, I'm like, you know what? I could be more productive, but it's still fun. Like you refer furloughed, so that's a perfect time to have one. But right now, I feel like there's too much going on. The NBA is coming back. We don't have time. I don't have time. I don't think you have time. So we'll leave it to the kids. And maybe there one day go. when we retire, we'll get the PS5. <laughs>
0: by then, the <laughs> PS8 8 will be out. Easily. Yeah. It'll probably be the PS20.
1: Yeah. Exactly.
0: But anyway, sorry about the, the random intro to all the listeners out there. Thank you for joining the Suns Jam Session podcast. My name is John. His name is Matthew. This is the pod. We appreciate that you're stopping by and hanging out with us. We're thankful, if you will. That you're doing so, especially on Thanksgiving Eve, which again, another reason why Thanksgiving, you know, should get more credit, man. It needs to have an Eve. It doesn't have Thanksgiving Eve. Like there's Christmas yeah. Eve, or New Year's Eve. Why doesn't this one get an Eve?
1: Well, it, uh, all, it's just getting cooking ready though. It's just so much work. It's not even, I feel like the ladies and the gentlemen that are in the kitchen, I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say that, but usually in my family, it's just the ladies in the kitchen getting stuff ready. It's not a lot of fun. It's a, The fun is the next day, yes. but Thanksgiving Eve is just like hectic, hot, sweaty. You're in the kitchen for eight hours getting stuff ready. That doesn't seem like it deserves an Eve because it's not really, you know, relaxation like a Christmas Eve. Yeah, but you
0: have a couple glasses of wine. You're making the the casserole yeah, and the, the mac and cheese. I mean, yeah. it's it's an event, you know, it's it's a good time. So yeah. anyways, happy Thanksgiving to those of you who are listening to this podcast tomorrow. Uh, if you're joining us for the live stream on YouTube, Twitter or Facebook, happy Thanksgiving Eve to you right now. Thank you for joining us. Uh, make sure you follow the show on Twitter and Instagram, at Suns Jam. You can follow the show uh, on the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network wherever you get your pods. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. We appreciate it. you getting get the Suns Jam session as well as fanning the flames there. And if you're watching on YouTube, do us a favor and go ahead and click the thumbs up button on what you're watching right now and hit the subscribe button as well. We really appreciate that. Um, I think it's time to talk about some of the things that we're thankful for. There's plenty to be thankful for, especially considering about this time next week. We were still kind of all in, all in the shock and awe Portion of hold on, Jim Smith's now a son and still kind of, you know, recuperating from, you know, knowing that we became a, a relevant team in the NBA by the receiving Chris Paul. So we're going to yes. talk about on this podcast what we're thankful for, Suns fans, just kind of your typical corny, you know, top three, what we're thankful for things. And then we're going to discuss the Kelly Oubre drama that's going up on up there in Golden State as it pertains to the Phoenix Suns, which is uh unfortunate. But you know what? He's not. It happens. He he said essentially that you know we're no longer the Valley Boys, we're the fellas, and we can have it. So if you're with me,
1: what up, fellas?
0: Just go ahead, crack open a beer, take a nice sip, badass. Let's talk sons, baby.
1: What up, fellas?
0: All right. Happy Thanksgiving, fellas. I uh, I just want to kind of start this podcast by exploring the different things that we're thankful for as Suns fans, you know, as, as it pertains to being Suns fans. You know, I assume or at least I hope, Matthew, that you're thankful for your family and your friends and your health. So I'm not going to say, hey, tell me the three things that you're thankful for in your boring. life right now because That's so you know, boring, yeah, my health, my family, I love them, my friends, you know. Uh, th- those are the easy ones. We want to talk about what, as Suns fans, we are happy uh, and thankful for as we enter this Thanksgiving season in 2020, quite possibly the craziest year ever. Uh, shout out to a lot of the people in the chat. You know, We appreciate the engagement. Uh, I like this one right here from Bees. I'm thankful for that
1: legendary p- painting behind Voida. I am too, man. Yeah. I love this thing. You know what I'm thankful for, though? What do you it's thankful That lighting, for? dude. That lighting, you look beautiful. You look like Cindy Crawford. It's looking good. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. Oh, stop! Oh, stop! It's about time, I'm still man. I'm over here now. Yeah, so you snark over those here.
0: Light. So those of you watching, I, yeah, I got dark. a new webcam. I'm trying it out, so we'll see. Uh, Looks beautiful. Apparently, apparently, uh, Matthew really likes it. And to sunsky happy Thanksgiving to you as well. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Uh, Iverson vlogs, he's thankful for Book- Booker being loyal. I think that's something Ooh. that we should all be. Can you
1: take a look for. at my list coming up?
0: Uh-oh, uh-oh. Preview to Matthew's uh-oh. list. All right, well, Matthew, yeah. start us off with number three thing that you are thankful for as we take a look at the Phoenix Suns this season. This all right.
1: Season. Besides that beautiful light you have, the third thing on this list, the top three. I'm gonna go with just Booker's draft pick, the draft pick that selected Devin Booker to this team and him signing that contract to stay here in Phoenix. For the long-term and the big money. That was a huge decision. Ever since then, everyone's trying to kick him out of here in Phoenix saying he's not happy. He's never said a word, playing his video games, winning his off time, which is fantastic, getting along with the fans. So I am actually just really thankful that he signed that contract and was drafted to the Phoenix Suns.
0: I think it's, you know, even though that's something that we were thankful for probably about four years ago, I think it's valid because this has been a very interesting offseason because we've heard a lot of that chatter, right? Uh, what was I? I was just looking at something the other day, and and you forget in this day and age how fast information is always coming at us. We take in information, we process it, and then we shit it out the back end, I and mean, you don't really kind of think about it. And I was actually going back and looking at a couple articles on Bright Side of the Sun today, and there was one of those articles where uh, Draymond Green during the NBA Finals was saying, "Get Booker the hell out of out of Phoenix, get my and, boy out of there." Yeah how, yeah, how funny the narrative has changed in such a small time, huh? Ooh, it was, isn't it, that weird? Sports, right? <laughs> yeah, spurts. You know, it's really quick, crazy how those spurts stories change fairly quick. I mean, yeah. you also look at uh, the Knicks, you know, and, and Ryan Rossillo two weeks ago, you know, the worst kept secret is Booker wants out. So I'm thankful that you picked that as your number three because I think it's spot on. You know, the fact that Devin Booker is being loyal and as Iverson Vlogs said in the chat, you know, he's thankful that he's loyal as well. It's something that we haven't really talked about a lot. You know, we're so excited about a new draft pick, the new free agents and Jay Crowder and and Dario Saric re-signing and and the trade for CP3 that all of this truly revolves around Devin Booker and his loyalty. If he's somebody who hasn't showcased continually his steadfast loyalty to the Phoenix Suns organization, James Jones isn't going to make these moves around, around the league to try to bolster the lineup and give this guy an opportunity to win
1: exactly you know how he does that he keeps his mouth shut doesn't say yes. a word because you never know you never know how things might turn around maybe he knew a year ago that hey we might get some players on this team he wanted two years ago he said I want to create a super team here with three two other guys and he and Amina Houston fell out of his seat on the uh Dan Levitard show remained on the floor for like a segment cuz it was so <laughs> funny but you know what we're one piece away from that super team with Chris Paul already on the team the lineup we have and Devin Booker it just that's the way sports is it happens if you keep your mouth shut and you work hard
0: you mm-hmm. can get what you want man isn't that like real life though i mean think about the person in the it office who is who's a little too loud and then they wonder why that when, when that promotion comes around that they weren't the one selected exactly. I, i've seen it happen time and time again it's like when you do too much of this and not enough work, yeah, it, it it shows, you know. And you might think that just because you're the loudest in the room, that you're the one who gets noticed the most. It's the guy who's do who's, you know, he's he's working the fries. how's that uh that Kanye song go? <laughs>
1: I'm not sure. Sorry. Oh, come on.
0: Yeah. God <laughs> damn it. Why he's watching, watch him. He's gonna make it to a Benz out of that dots and he got that ambition, baby. Look at his eyes. This week he's mopping mm. floors. Next week Someone it's the fries. Someone sniped that. That's good yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'm going back like Kanye 04. <laughs> All right. Well, my first thing, my, number three on my list of things that I'm yeah. thankful for is I'm thankful for Jay Crowder and Dario Saric. You know, I, I really believe that these signings round out our top eight effectively and will be the key for the Suns success as we move forward in 2021. I mean, you look at Crowder. OK, he adds toughness. He adds versatility. Uh, he can run or, or the Suns. James or, and uh, Monty Williams can run those small ball lineups with him at the four. And and they're going to be effective. You know, he, he even though he's six six and something I mentioned on our last pod, like I forgot he's only six six because he plays so much bigger. He can defend the post. He can defend the perimeter. And when you need to go small ball lineup, now you have that versatility. And and what a great guy to have in practice. Right. I mean, yeah. think of those stories we used to have about P.J. Tucker and how he used to challenge a very young Devin Booker day in and day out in practice. And he'd make him grind and he'd make him earn every inch. He's going to be doing the same thing to this Phoenix Suns team. The better quality guys you have on that organization, the better they're all going to make each other. And then think about Mikhail and Cam Johnson as young guys in this league who are playing in the same position that he is and have the same kind of versatility. Granted, they're probably more talented and truth be told, you know, uh, uh, Mikhail Bridges is a better defender, Cam Johnson's a better shooter, you know. They both take traits of Jay Crowder and, and they're, they extrapolate upon them. But now they got Jay Crowder in that locker room with them, teaching them how to be a veteran, teaching them how to act accordingly in that role within the space of the NBA. I think that that's something that's fantastic. And then you look at Dario Saric; he wanted to be a part of this man. Like he's somebody who was a restrictive free agent, had an opportunity mm-hmm. to get offered by the Suns, and yep. and and. You know, he's like, I'm. I'm taking that offer sheet, man. He wanted to come back, and you can never have enough wings. True, but you can never have too many hustle guys either. And I think that's very important. Dario Sarge, we've talked about it before. He maximizes his talent, and he doesn't have a lot of it, but he's a hustle guy. And if he if he embraces that six man role, the versatility of this lineup, it's it's truly a dangerous lineup, man. It's something that I think is really you're getting some pub from the national media on kind of what the Suns did. And it's nice to feel that again, but it's as you look at how James Jones has constructed this lineup, it's so versatile in so many different ways. And I just, I think that Jay Crowder and Dario Sarch are key cogs in that uh, for the Phoenix suns.
1: Yeah, that's perfect, man. I love that because they are the challengers. And you forget Sarge is young still, and he's going to learn a lot from Jay Crowder. But also, too, like everyone else young on this team is going to follow Jay Crowder, too, as well. And Dario Sarge because of the hard work. And that's why everyone that's still on the team is still on this team because of the same mindset. They're all ready to work. They're all going to challenge each other. And these two are perfect fits for that. No, spot on. I mean, that's what
0: is going to make this team just better and better because you needed a couple of those those, uh, uh, veterans in there, you got Chris Paul to kind of lead the guards and then you got Jay Crowder to kind of assist on, the uh, on the wing side of it all. Yeah. And then I think, uh, H1 more, he's over 30 as well. You know? So, I mean, those are kind of your three veteran guys. And I think that they're all going to assist in different roles that are going to be beneficial for this young squad, but uh, you exactly. know, one year older squad.
1: Yeah, exactly, man. And I, I mean, I don't want to make things too serious, but my number two, on this list is Booker dating a Kardashian slash Jenner and no drama, no drama. I am so Because he keeps his mouth shut. Exactly. And I love that so much. He can do whatever he wants in his personal life. Any other NBA player, this would have been a disaster already, but what is this like almost a year two of this dating? Or has it been a year? It seems like two years of this, but nothing bad has happened. She can come along for the ride with the sons. They can hang out. They can do whatever they want because it doesn't translate to the court. It doesn't translate to any drama. We got CP three, the the best thing that happened to the Suns franchise in a long time while he was dating a Jenner. So I just want to say thank you, Booker, for keep doing what you do and just keeping the drama out. And I hope this doesn't jinx anything, but that's my second one I'm thankful for. It's, it's something that I feel like every Suns fan should be thankful for, right? <laughs> well, sh- we should be thankful
0: that, yeah, this is a pretty drama free relationship, especially considering that family. So completely I completely agree with that.
1: I love doing these. You're just like, what? Like, God, like no, everything these, we do these lists.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, we're supposed to. We're supposed to come up yeah. with stupid stuff. All right. My <laughs> second one is I'm thankful for the new facility, Matthew. Yes. I, dro- I drove by one. the other day. Did you? Um, for- um, yeah. Unfortunately, I had a, uh, a family member passed away. So I went to a funeral oh, last yeah. week yeah. and the, uh, the gravesite is very close to where I grew up in uh, the Arcadia area in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to kill some time before I had to go. And my cousin was with me. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and take a look at this place. And it's gorgeous, man. It is beautiful. It's uh, it, like I said, it's in Arcadia. And I, that's, I went to Arcadia High School. So yeah. uh, I know that area very well. In fact, I, I grew up rollerblading across the street from where it's currently located. Uh, aggressive rollerblading, okay. Fruit yeah, booting, aggressive. You know, yeah, you know, we I were seen bro- the highlights.
1: I yeah. seen some vids, <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> pretty we, good stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah, us, us late 90s kids in high school, early 2000s kids, we we're out there grinding rails, and yeah, was, uh, was, but I literally did it across the street from where the Sun's uh facility is now. And then as you're driving the facility, you know, as you're pulling out of it, you look and there's just Camelback Mountain, and Camelback Mountain at sunset because of the iron and the dirt turns like red and it is just gorgeous. And I know that they have some like jacuzzis on that side of the building that are on 44th street. And it's just, it's such a beautiful facility and it's, it's really going to make us the destination. There's no doubt about it. Like it's high tech. They've got the 150 cameras that are like constantly monitoring them as they're yeah. working out. So they know when they're getting tired and they, you know, so it'll, it'll help in body recovery and fatigue and, and avoidance. And, uh, at, at, like I said, at dusk, it's just you bring somebody in there who's a free agent. If you're smart, you're bringing them in right at dusk. They're, you're mm-hmm. walking through the facility for the first hour. You get to that back room that's facing Camelback Mountain, and you just see it go down. you're like, Some "This line. is Phoenix, Arizona, where the sun sets." Even though the sun sets in the west, and you're looking east, the east is fire too, and it's just beautiful. And I, and I don't know what forty five million dollars would feel like, uh, but it lo- <laughs> I I assume that forty five million dollars well spent on that facility. <laughs> it's one thing that I'm thankful for because yeah. you know it's. It's going to be a clincher, man. I think back to uh, Blake Griffin using us, and I think to Lamarcus Aldridge coming in July, you know, 2015. I want to say that that was, yeah. And they, they used us and, and they came in that we just couldn't sell them on anything,
1: exactly, dude. What I love, I love your pick at number two, man. And plus, what I love about it is how we're seeing all these signings right now by the rookies. And you see everyone else's facility and they almost look the same where they have the conference room and then like the basketball courts the, on the on the bottom floor. So the conference room yep. on the top and to the back, you can see everything else. That's the way it's supposed to be. And you just think about the dump before. I never do. I was in the dark on this. I didn't know it was supposed to be. I'm like, why doesn't anybody want to come here? And now it's just like this helps so much, man. What a great number two by you.
0: <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. All right. Uh, what do you got? Number one. This has got to be good. Like, a,
1: yeah, it's good. actually, it, I feel like we've already talked about it. Um too much already, but I'm just going to bring it up again. But my number one is Booker just being committed here, man, through all the BS. So yours just... is Booker, Booker, Booker. <laughs> yeah, because I'm so thankful for Booker. This whole thing is because of Booker being here and putting up with the BS, especially when Monty pointed at him in the locker room after the 8-0 run that they had in the bubble saying how he's been through so much. But yeah, he's still here. He's still here fighting it out because he just kept his head down, like we said, and he fought. He knew he was the face of the franchise. He's not going to listen to anybody's and do what he wants here. And he has great relationships with every NBA player. Basically everybody seems to love him, seems to like him. Everyone seems to love our coaching staff. Everything he's done up to this point has been worth it. And I thank him for that, for getting through it. And he's been through a lot. And I want to know, I mean, it seems like a great life he's already had for years, but NBA wise, it's not been the greatest. So I thank him for just sticking through it for us as fans. So thank him for being
0: loyal. Thank him for porking a Jenner and not making a big deal about it. <laughs> and thank him for sticking it out.
1: Yeah, so he's a pig. <laughs> you made it.
0: <laughs> there you go. That's a uh, live from Matthew Lissey on the Sun's Jam yeah. <laughs> Session podcast. Uh, no, I, I agree with you. You know, again, I'll echo what I said a little bit earlier. I mean, we are who we are because we have Devin Booker on this team. We have a chance because through all the bullshit that Ryan McDonough put us through, man, because you, you go back and I. I think that somebody posted. Obviously, McDonough posted something the other day about how he wants uh, every Kelly Oubre jersey in every color and size in Golden State. You know, that was one of his tweets. Yeah. It's like, shut up, Ryan McDonough. Well, like, sense, always man. him and health Al Hassan just have to get little digs in at Sarver. It's just what they do, and I don't blame him. Like, Sarver has definitely earned it due, due to kind of his conduct and the way that he's treated individuals and and the way that he does business throughout the year. So, I, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm, I'm. It's actually kind of comical because we're coming out of the the shadow of the McDonough era, and the only thing that's left is Devin Booker. I mean, yes, you have Mikkel Bridges and you have DeAndre Ayton, but at that time, uh, uh, James Jones was also the G, the assistant GM, so he had a little of his fingerprints on that. But you know, knowing that Devin Booker turned out the way that he did, I still I'm still so 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 happy the way that turned out because we've had so many top 10 lottery picks over the past few years and the fact that only one really hit is is depressing and and the one who hit was you know the 13th pick you know it's like yeah, it's not even, yeah exactly not even top my, 10.
1: oh man you know we continue to like want those top picks and we i don't know what we were doing back then
0: well we wanted picks because we sucked so we we're just <laughs> know, like oh i know okay well, just, may, so sad. maybe next year maybe next year maybe next year yeah all right, exactly. my
1: what was your number one?
0: My number one thing that I'm thankful for in the 2020-2021 season prior to its beginning is I'm thankful to be excited, Matthew. Last year had promise and I wouldn't say we were necessarily excited about the prospect of potentially making the playoffs. You know, as the as the season began, we you know, we we were excited. Were you were you excited at the beginning of ne- last season?
1: Uh yeah. I mean, I always get excited, but you know, not, but it's a different type of excitement. It's, this is different.
0: Exactly. Now remember how we felt after the 11. Suns went five
1: and two. Yeah, that was exciting. <laughs>
0: yes. So, yes, Exactly. Cause right after the Suns went five and two to start the season last year, you and I had did one of our very first podcasts. And I asked you, I was going, is if we don't make the playoffs this year, is this year a failure? And what did you say?
1: Um, I said yes. Right. Because the expectations were so high.
0: Exactly. We are now at that point to begin the season where we were after seven games last year. Last year, the team was great. At the beginning, and we're like, holy shit, if we don't make the playoffs like, like this season's it's a wash. But then we realized as the season progressed, and obviously we came back down to earth with injuries and after after injury after injury after suspension after bloody injury. That hey, as long as there's progression, as long as we're winning yes. more than 19 games, if we win over 30 games, because that was my tipping point to you, I said either it's the playoffs or 30 games, like which is you know kind of more realistic and which is there less disappointment. Obviously, you know playoffs is the answer to that one, but now we're starting this season kind of where we were then, where there's truly and utterly expectation, where if we don't make the playoffs this year, it is a disappointment. It truly is. Yeah. We're primed. Everybody is giving us kind of some some national recognition, which is something you don't normally see. Uh, Raymond Gonzalez in the chat. I'm thankful for the national recognition the Suns are
1: getting. Do you You really like that though? Yes and no. I mean, it's going to happen if we're winning either way. But like being a Cowboys fan, like it just it sucks always to hear about the Cowboys. I mean, I love being a Suns fan, like because they're like my number one. Just because the media doesn't talk about them, but when they do, Rachel Nichols is like Sons of Anarchy, like the two times a year. So I don't know. I mean, you can go back to what you were saying, sorry. Well, no, but I I do like national recognition. Of course you do. You want
0: to have your team. You know, it's it sucks watching Sports Center and the Suns are like the last highlight if they even show it. You know what I mean? Versus <laughs> when watching the Nash days, we yeah. were with a, a top three story every night. People wanted to talk about the Phoenix Suns. It's it's more engaging especially now because there's Twitter, because there wasn't Twitter when Steve Nash was really playing. You know, 2010, his last playoff run is like the Suns. I think the Phoenix Suns Twitter account had been formed a year before. So, I mean, there was no true engagement that we had like we do now. So, it's been kind of frustrating and depressing over these past 10 years to watch all these teams and their fan bases have this ability to connect with each other. And we're sitting on the sidelines connecting with each other in a depressing manner. You know, this is the first time there's a ripple of, of happiness and excitement going through son's Twitter, son's Facebook, son's fandom of, of positivity. And like, we're all kind of just like shyly smiling because we know that reality can hit real quick. And we know, you know, until we actually are in those playoffs that you can't, n- nothing is a re is reality until it's real.
1: Well, you're you're definitely right. And the Cowboys thing, I'm sorry about that. It's just they're brought up all the time and they end up. Well, that's different,
0: though. That's America's team. Like,
1: there's an expectation with that. I know. But what I'm saying is, like, so if they make the playoffs or whatever, there's so much talk and so much, oh, yeah, we're going to get through our game plan or whatever, and they lose. The thing is with the Suns, it's like, As soon, I already forgot my thought. Let's just move on.
0: (laughs) Well, to finish my thought, I just, I want, you know, plenty needs to happen in order for the Suns to be truly relevant, but I'm thankful to feel a (laughs) sense of relevancy once again to, you know, when, when we, when you listen to the low post, when you listen to the Bill Simmons podcast, the only time they ever bring up the Suns is in some, you know, passe manner. Yeah. Now we're getting mentioned, you know, kind of in the top 30 minutes of the show. It's, it's fun. It's exciting.
1: It is. It's It's long overdue. And, like, I trust this team not to get too involved when, like, hear so much of it. They're going to just do their own thing. And I think, like, Monte and James Jones, you know, they're going to put them to work, and they're going to get the job done. It's not going to be too much of them listening to the media. I think they're they're their own team. You know what I mean? They're not going to let it get inside their head. That's what I can trust them with.
0: Well, and that goes back to your Booker points. You know, that's who Booker is, and that's kind of the personification of this organization. James Jones, extremely tight-lipped. Monty Williams, extremely tight-lipped and 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 engaging when he does his interviews, but very kind of, you know, doesn't, doesn't let you know what his cards are in his hand. They're not sitting there. You know, when, when we had, uh, got uh, Earl Watson was a guy who I feel like he would show one too many cards in his deck when he'd be doing interviews. And those are the kind of things that it would affect players. Oh, Igor Kokoshkov would do it too. He's like, I just can't get through to Josh Jackson or DeAndre Ayton, and now we're we're okay now. And now they're not winning, and now it's that ripple effect of okay, the locker room's messed up, and okay, now it's Sarver again because he didn't choose the right. So it's like this constant negativity around the organization, where you know, to your point, Devin Booker, tight lipped. Let's just, I'm all about the business, baby. Chris Paul, all about the business, baby, and selling State Farm. You know, Monty Williams, James Jones, all about the business, baby, and and that's what we're doing going into this this season, and you know, and and for these reasons, I'm thankful. Uh, one thing, Nicholas Tan, thankful for D book for sticking with us. So another person who agrees with you, thankful for James Jones for making good decisions and thankful for Rubio and Ubre for bringing that spark to start the fire. Nick Tan, that's a great way to say that. Even if
1: they left in a little bit of a negative way, of course, that's the way it is, I guess, always, I don't know. It kind of sucks the way they left, but Hey, we're going to talk about it. coming right up. Yep. Yep. Very shortly. Um, and one last thing I wanted
0: to throw out there before we do talk about that. Uh, I see here in the in the chat, Vincent Stefanelli. Thank you. Thankful that you fellas do this show. We we really appreciate that. You know, and that's one thank thing, you. you know, I'm thankful for our listeners, man. I really am. They're like, yeah, there, there's like 10 different Suns pods out there. Seems like there's a new one every day. And between that and listening to all the other national podcasts, you know, you take the time to tune in and listen to what we have to say. Uh, I'm honored, I'm humbled, and I'm thankful that you guys do that. I really am. It's it's nothing short yeah, of awesome. Exciting.
1: I get so pumped up. I cannot wait till John sends me the invite to get on this thing because <laughs> the way we do it now live with the comments, it's so much better than just recording and throwing it out there. I love the interaction. I love everyone giving it back. Um, so just keep it up, and we'll keep going too as well.
0: Uh, thank you very much. All right, so I didn't even put up my little giving thanks thing. Oh, how Any cute was that little turkeys? I forgot to put that on. All on. right, it's it, it's time, Matthew. We got to talk about the Ubre saga. It's not something yes, necessarily sir. I want to talk about, considering we're you know focusing on so much on positivity. Um, but unfortunately, since Kelly Oubre has left the Phoenix Suns and joined, he's joined that fraternity of ex players who have not so flattering comments about the organization. Um, we're going to talk about those specific comments here in a bit, but initially hearing some of the comments via different interviews that he's had with with magazines and radio stations. How does that make you feel?
1: Well, I actually didn't hear the whole um, interviews, so I can't really criticize them too much. Um, I can't make too much judgment, only judgment from what I've heard and from the comments we're going to discuss now, but I've never actually listened to the whole interviews. I've always wanted to. I just couldn't get to them this week. So my apologies on that. It might be taken out of context. Some of it, like it always is. There's always stuff missing and everything, but Honestly, the relationship between Kelly Oubre and the Phoenix Suns, it looked like from the outside, it looked like something cute, something great, you know, it had that fire, you know, it's that couple, it's basically the couple you see that looks so great, the great hair, the great body, that was the Suns going <laughs> last year, that was the Suns, basically, and then, you know, you just see that photo be ripped, it's like ripped in half both those two are just cut straight in half, you know, just like the, uh, the documentaries you see on Netflix, it's always yeah. like a photo ripped in half. Always. That's the way it turned out to be. And that's the way a lot of the things behind the scenes we didn't see come out. And for Kelly to actually just comments on it, it kind of sucks. Cause I kind of, he had such a great year with the sons. He got such a good opportunity. I wish he would just took it to the warriors kept his head down like we talked about Booker and not really even speak about anything that happened with him in the front office and assuming how people feel about him. I think that he left the Suns fans in a good position. He's in a good position. Like what is there to complain about really anything behind the scenes? You can fix that yourself. I just don't like any blame put on anybody else. My voice cracked a little bit, but besides that, I mean, I can't really take this too much out of context because I haven't listened to it, but I mean, what do you think, John? Did you listen to the whole interviews or just these little snips? I listened to a
0: couple of the interviews um, and then I read a lot. Dave King put together a good piece on bright side of the sun. So that's kind of what I utilize as a true point of reference. And it's just, I think what's unfortunate is just, it happened so quick. It's like, yeah, we are still kind of in that, that morning mode of man, like we're excited about the suns, but man, it sucks that Kelly Oubre had to go and Ricky Rubio. Like we grew really attached to these players and they provided that identity. I mean, that's why the great Kelly debate, went on all summer long for Suns fans. Do yeah. you get rid of them? Do you keep them? Do you wait till the middle of next year and see how the Suns are doing? He he meant something to us. And it's kind of like, you know, like, like you said, it's that perfect, sexy couple. You know, it, it's kind of like if you're in a relationship and the person breaks up with you or you break up with the person either way. And literally like two days later, they're just talking shit about you on social media. Like it just, it hurts, you know? And it's like, I don't know if you could ever truly mend that now. granted, a lot of the, so, some of these are justified, you know. We'll, we'll bring up some of these quotes here momentarily, but some of it is justified. You know, the way Robert Sarver does business, like I said, I mean, there's been McDonough took a shot yesterday, and, and the assumption was it was at Sarver, but you know, he he was referencing a time when Sarver asked him why he paid too much or or why the, his cell phone bill was so much. It's petty little shit like that that Sarver does that just rubs people the wrong way. It's like you want me to run your organization and you're asking me about my cell phone bill being like 300 bucks. Like I'm the GM of the Phoenix fucking Suns. So there's things in that, in that context that Kelly Oubre, when given the opportunity spoke upon. And it's unfortunate because again, that's not aligned with our culture. Again, Dev Booker, tight lipped, Monty Williams, tight lipped, James Jones, tight lipped, Kelly Oubre, his first chance in the new city, he starts, you know, driving the bus a little bit. So, um, Here's what okay. he said about being or on how he was perceived as a player. He said, Obviously, I had a great year statistic wise, but I had a lot of just misunderstandings of who I was as a competitor. Because I was trying to lead a group or try my best to be a vocal leader on a group that really didn't understand how to make it to that next step. Obviously, me being of the same age as everybody, it was just kind of like, you know, bro, it was just kind of like a lot of pushback. You know, so essentially what he's saying is he was trying to be the vocal leader of a team of peers and that wasn't necessarily uh, well received, as that was his place. And I guess my question for you, Matthew, is: If do you feel that leadership was a strength of Kelly Oubre when he was with us?
1: When he was with us, maybe. But it's kind of like a funny kind of leadership. You know, he he led the Suns into the Valley Boys thing. He gave us some kind of pop which was great, that kind of leadership. But on the court and stuff, I don't know. I'm not behind the scenes. I'm not there working with the guys. But for what I see on the court, it's Kelly Ubre. He's a fun guy. He does the head bobs. He does the push-ups. It's stuff to where I watch. I'm like, you know what? It might not be so serious. It's just all fun and games. That's what I see in a way. I'm not saying that the guys didn't look up to him, but if you're going to be a leader and you want to be a leader in the future, the only way I would say is just don't talk about how you try to be a leader and they didn't follow. Just keep working at it. People will follow. And I think that he he tried to be a leader. And if someone, some people did look up to him, that's good. But if some didn't, it's fine. He's still younger. And I feel like he's going to have a lot of winning success in Golden State. And if he just keeps working, he can be that leader he wants to be. But I don't like him thinking that he was something and he wasn't. Maybe he was. I think he's just thinking too much about this. And I think that he was a leader in the way of leading the Suns and the fans out of the dirt. And he did a great job by that. And it's in a fun way. If he wants to be a more serious leader, I don't think that's anything he can do now, but maybe in the future, of course. But I mean, like, what did you think, man? Do you think he was a leader or not?
0: Well, I don't think no, I don't. I think that like you said, he was a fantastic role player. He's he's never won anything to kind of say, hey guys, get behind me and let me show you the way to winning. I mean, Mikel Bridges has a better opportunity to do that than he does because he won a you know a couple national championships. I think that what and how you prefaced it was, you know, very astute. I, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. I don't know how he's perceived by his teammates. I don't know how he wants to be perceived. It sounds like Kelly is a very cerebral guy and is and he's a thinker and, and we know that. I mean, remember he uh he deleted his Instagram and his Twitter, you know, when people kind of gave him a little shit about whatever it was, you know, so he, he he takes things personal, you know, and then that's how he kind of responds to things. So you look at him, him in the context of who the Phoenix Suns were last year. And I don't, think that he was a leader I, th- I know he was vocal he was loud but being like i said earlier being the loudest guy doesn't make you you know the, the automatic leader the guy in the office who's the loudest guy and, and is the cheerleader is a great motivator and is a guy, great guy to work with but you probably don't go to him yeah. when you know the shit hits the fan and like it starts getting crazy busy you, you probably go to the guy yeah. who's got the slow steady hand like ricky rubio did and said hey here's how to be calm in these tough situations because generally those guys when it gets crazy they crumble under that pressure
1: Exactly, man, and that guy in the office too. If his pants are ripped, no one's going to tell him because they don't like him. So, well, I'm yeah, sure that that's not really well, at all. Well, but
0: <laughs> if he's doing the push-ups and everything, and you're like, okay, I'm not going to tell that guy, you know. And and I don't feel like it was expected of him to be a leader either. And I think that's where kind of the misconception was. You know, he, it's it's like he was three years older than all these guys, and he was the veteran presence on this team. He was the same age as all these guys. He's hanging out with them, being boys. It, it's like, have you ever worked in a situation where you have one of your coworkers becomes a supervisor?
1: Yeah, it's like it's a tough. friend.
0: Yeah, it's tough yeah. for that individual because, you know, you, well, you're boys with them, and now you're trying to hold me accountable. And it sounds like within the confines of this roster, you know, he wanted to assume that role, and then Monty Williams probably thought otherwise, like, no, man, you're one of the boys. It's, that, that's not a bad thing. You're it's one not. of the boys, but, you know, it's interesting that that's something that he brought up.
1: Yeah, I don't know why he's making it a negative. It's not. I feel like he led it in a good way, better than any other player I feel like in a long time on that team.
0: But again, context, you know, that's just kind of reading a quote, exactly. not hearing the context yeah. of the conversation to where you might hear not have boys playing at all. Yeah. yeah. All right. So on his role of the creation of the Valley boys, he said, that's something I created went through all the legal processes about it all just went through trying to help a city come up from the ashes. Thank you for that. Kelly Ubre. Uh, that's always, or that'll always be an energy that's in the air. I can continuously pre- be proud of that. When I look back at who the Valley boys were, who the Valley boys are, I think they changed the Valley boys to the fellas And they can have that, man, the fellas.
1: What up, fellas?
0: So which is – how how would you feel if uh, when the the, the, the Suns take the court in the Valley Boys jerseys and Kelly Oubre is not in one? Like, are you going to think of Kelly Oubre when you see those jerseys every time or are you just going to, you know –
1: no, like every other Suns fan, we kind of moved on already. I mean, it yeah. is the Valley. It's not Valley Boys. Plus, like the Valley Boys, he should have left this quote just like, I continuously just want to be proud of, about that, about the situation he created. Just leave it at that. That's fine. You then did he threw a little it.
0: digging at the fellas. Yeah,
1: I feel like the more and more we go through this, it's kind of like, hey... uh so when you come back, if we have fans in the arena, do you want to get booed? Because we will boo Kelly Ubre if it gets to the point where he doesn't stop talking. Those fans I mean, will it, boo anyone, man. They they will. But at this point, it was like Rubio and Ubre would come back. There, I don't feel like there would be booing. It would be a lot of cheers, maybe some tears, some of that. But the Valley Boys thing, I mean, the Valley jerseys are fine. I think I don't think of Kelly when I see it. Really, the Valley Boys merch was something that even didn't even really get up and going because of the whole legal thing. Yeah, plus like the whole the whole thing when he created the merch, it was really a cheesy logo. It wasn't that great at first. A lot of people complained. It was just a ripoff, basically the, so, I mean, I think the money went to a good place. I'm not too sure, but besides that, I mean, just say you, you created that and then move on and be proud of it. Not nah, you, you hit the nail on the head there.
0: Like no, no reason to throw that dig in there. Uh, so I'll just, I'll leave that one alone. The next yeah, okay. one, this is, this is the most interesting one though, to me. I mean, it there's, is. there's the dig on Sarver afterwards, but this is what Kelly had to say on playing on the bubble. And that's one of those things. I mean, we had podcasts about that. Is Kelly not playing in the bubble because he's not comfortable enough to do so after, you know, coming back from a meniscus tear? Is he not playing in the bubble because he wants to preserve himself because free agency is going to be coming up a year from now and he doesn't want to mm-hmm. ding himself as, as an asset or is he not playing the bubble because he's hurt? I mean, these are the questions that we were constantly asking, and people were drawing lines in the sand on that. And this is what Kelly Oubre had to say about playing in the bubble. He said, I can either push it, help this team go 8-0, and gives ourselves the fighting chance to make it to the playoffs, which they did that without me. Uh, if I was there, would have made it have it, made any difference? Because as you can see, if you go back and look, all the guys were playing with that fire and that energy that I played with all year trying to help the team to get to the playoffs. I felt like I was still playing, even though I wasn't because guys were playing with that same intensity, but I didn't want to risk me coming back off injury, not being my full potential. And then people blaming me for things that I necessarily had no control over. So it was a lot of spiritual warfare going on, but I was there. I was there and all supporting and rooting these guys on and just helping out when I could. But for me to be able to play, man, I just didn't feel comfortable coming back from that injury when I didn't have any time to really get my mind about how I was feeling. So that's what happened. Yeah. Tell me how you digested that. Is that code for Ubre saying, I didn't want to play?
1: I mean, I think it's just a lot of talk. Just basically, every Suns fan knew like, hey, whatever you got to do, you got to do. It's the bubble. Everyone had their yes. exceptions. You know what I mean? We didn't blame Kelly for anything. For So if he is saying that like people didn't understand or they didn't know what he was going through, I, I don't believe that too much on our end to where we have podcasts and then there's other podcasts and you listen to any show. I don't feel like anybody bash Ubre because honestly he did the right thing for him and the organization. We still went eight. No, even, even if we didn't, it's fine. We understood what he was doing, dude. But I don't think, I think he just didn't want to play, but I think he's just kind of overblowing it a little bit. It kind of reminds me of like when LeBron James is like going into this year where he's just like, everyone thinks I can't play anymore. It's like, Oh yeah. Who, who is that? You know, who who's is that? saying you can't play anymore? <laughs> give me my damn it respect. It's like, it's like yeah, who, who, Kendrick
0: Perkins, the only guy, Paul Pierce, exactly, not getting respect. Dude. That's it. So unless it's people behind the out. scenes,
1: yeah, unless it's people behind the scenes that are just saying like, hey, like you should be there for us. Maybe that's what's going on. But I feel like every Suns fan and media outlook was had no take on that. I don't think. Yeah, I
0: just thought it was interesting because again, it was that mental struggle that he was going back. He didn't want to get blamed. Okay, yes. he, he he didn't feel comfortable coming back when he didn't really have time to get his mind around how he was feeling. So a lot of that kind of cerebral feeling or, or navigating his feelings during that that time frame. And again, like we all as Suns fans, good, bad, or indifferent, said, you know, if he's not going to play, he's not going to play, man. That's okay, because
1: exactly if
0: that means that we get a, a healthier Ubre next uh, next year, then so be it. And it just so happened that we went eight 0 and we. <laughs> The Suns realize how expendable he really was.
1: Exactly, dude. And that's how it works in the NBA, man. That's why you can't take it too hard. You know what I mean? You're gonna go yeah. to the next spot and you just keep working, man.
0: No, absolutely. And and you keep your head down and you work hard. And I think that that's you know, Uber doesn't like to keep his head down, he likes to bob it around and bob shit. Around. I yeah. like the uh Raymond Gonzalez in the chat. What was that chant we when we played in Boston? John Wall traded you. you yeah, remember yeah, that? yeah John What's Wall traded that, trade, that was in
1: Indiana. I think that was Indiana, right?
0: Maybe. It was when we played. It's got to be Boston. I think Indiana. it was Indiana.
1: Because it show's just like their fans just know everything about sports. I swear it's Indiana. Okay, well. It's still cool chant. I might be wrong. And again. He'll, he'll reply here in a second. Yeah. <laughs> oh, every time we talk about LeBron,
0: he always brings up LeBron. LeBron's yeah. not as good as MJ. Uh, so says Jay. Kelly's a punk-ass bitch. That's Whoa. it. Plain and simple. Oh, All right. Get it, Justin. Get it. I <laughs> love it, dude. I love it. Very honest. Um, uh, you know, the last thing on Kelly Oubre is the uh-huh. comments he made on Sarver. And he said, uh, <laughs> I love this. You hit the nail. You just hit the nail on the head. <laughs> yeah. Ubre said on his appearance on the Damon, Ratto and Kaliski on 94, 95.7, the game. That's a, for yeah. those of you who don't know, we typically say you just hit the nail on the head. It's kind of my, A continual quote to Matthew because he always hits the nail on the head. He would be a great carpenter. (laughs) I can play for an owner, somebody who can actually cares about the organization, not just the perception of the organization on the media end of it. It's all about the foundation for me, man. You have a beautiful foundation. You can
1: build a future justified. Um, Am I like reading this? Like Out of context, like what kind of perception do we have from the media that we play like shit and we're a shit organization? Is that what he, Sarver's trying to keep up? Is that what yeah, he's saying?
0: Well, yeah, the way he says it is like...
1: The perception of yeah, organizations, shit.
0: Yeah, exactly. He, last he's like, years, he's like, I want to play for somebody who actually cares about the organization, not just the perception.
1: The perception's think, bad. Yeah, I don't think Sarver cares about the perception. Does he? <laughs> I, I don't mean, think so. He obviously does not care. That's why this quote was kind of weird. Just, maybe he mixed it up a little bit. Oh, yeah. Mixed it up. Yeah, I just, I, I,
0: again, it's one of those things where between, you know, Amin Al Hassan, Ryan McDonough, you know, now Kelly Oubre, it's just everybody who leaves Phoenix wants to take a shot at Sarver. And again, it's right. It's justified. I think it is. Yeah, it's the big Sarver, man thing to do, right? Robert, Robert, yeah. Well, yeah, the big man <laughs> thing to do is just shut the fuck up and carry on, you know? But I think that. Robert Sarver's done him to done it to himself. But what he's also done is he's stepped away, he's let James Jones manage this organization, he's opened up his checkbook and given us that brand new beautiful facility over there on 44th Street in Camelback. He's signing players and he's making he's allowing the Suns to near the thing called the luxury tax. I mean, it's it's worth it. It's worth it for him exactly. to try to do what he's doing and it's unfortunate that Kelly Oubre was not part of uh uh those plans, but you know what? That's business, baby and we've moved on and it's time for everybody to to say you know bid adieu to Kelly Oubre. He I think he's going to wear number 12 in Golden State. Yeah, he got number and 12 back, right? Yeah, yeah, he got number 12 back. So so be it, man. Like Kelly, thank you for everything that you did here, man. Thank you. And I can't wait to beat your ass on the court.
1: Yeah, and thank by, you. Yeah. By,
0: by me, I mean the Phoenix Suns
1: yeah exactly but also Kelly just don't be a Dwight Howard man just go in a situation just don't be weird about stuff and so insecure because Dwight, Dwight Howard is probably one of the most insecure players well Kelly's there. up just there man just don't be that guy man just be strong you know don't, don't be that guy why, why am I saying this stuff like he's my son <sighs> you're trying to motivate Dwight and I Kelly I like to it I don't I know. talk to my son I know I know you don't well let's talk about
0: thoughts Um, brains Oh, obviously Thanksgiving is tomorrow and I just want to get your thoughts on a few things, Matthew.
1: Oh, you got some food questions?
0: Oh, of course. And if you're watching live right. in the chat, maybe you can answer these along with me. What is your favorite Thanksgiving dish?
1: All right. This is going to be um my sister Stephanie's apple pie. It is the best homemade pie I've ever had in my life. Okay. It's it's a dessert, but it's the thing I look forward to the most. Other than that, the other is it the entree Is the crust is it the filling it's everything it's like perfectly layered out usually you don't want too much filling there's not too much filling the crust is perfectly what she does is she puts it in the freezer so it's a little bit frozen a little bit cold okay and it's it's just so good dude it's perfect what about you what's your favorite man uh cheese cauliflower oh yeah ah i should have
0: guessed yes my mom makes the best cheese cauliflower (laughs) it's it's cauliflower <laughs> with cheese whiz. And that's all it is. And you just slow cook oh, it for like four so hours. And then the great thing is you can eat it for two weeks afterwards. You, it's uh, it's a great side dish. The disadvantage of it is it's like liquid cheese and cauliflower and you just like fart all the time.
1: Oh, well, that's no different than any other day, right, John? Yeah. No, yeah. no different than any other day. <laughs> all right. So what's the worst dish? <laughs> Turkey, dude. Turkey's the worst. Turkey, unless what? you fry it. Unless you fry that turkey, turkey just... It's called maybe turkey Maybe it's just day. my family. Yeah, I know, but maybe it's my family just can't make some good turkey. But it's always just, just dry. You got to cover. You got to smother that thing. And it's just smother the thing and whatever. Just give it some taste. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what it's you turkey
0: day. And you, Wow. I just... I, a lot uh, of people
1: don't like turkey.
0: Vincent Stefanelli in the chat. My sister's Mosta Coley. I don't even know who that, that, that is. I don't know. Mastacani. I'm Irish. Mastakali. Mastakali. I don't know. That sounds he's going to he's gonna have to explain in the chat because I'm <laughs> Irish and German. Like, I drink beer and ship, it's pie. Yeah. And then, so says I'm Jay. i Lumpia. I'm lumpia. Yeah.
1: Oompa lumpia. People are, what I think, that? just
0: making up words. I think um, so too. I, the, the, Take the, this w-
1: pot serious. That's come it. on. No.
0: <laughs> the, the worst <laughs> dish on Thanksgiving. Ah. <sighs> Like, I don't ever eat the canned cranberry stuff. If you got the real cranberries, oh, okay. I'll do it. But, like, the canned cranberry, yeah. I just don't like it. It is fun That's to just lazy to, yeah, it is lazy. Like, make the real shit.
1: Get in that kitchen,
0: you know. But gravy is a close number two for me. Okay. As, far as, as far as good Weirdo. stuff, like, I put gravy on everything.
1: Oh, I love, as, good I, stuff? as good stuff.
0: As good oh, stuff. Oh,
1: I thought you were going to say it's not. Oh, my God. All right. So, yeah, question, the the question yeah, is ham
0: up? acceptable on Thanksgiving?
1: Yeah, I think so. I just like turkey. I don't like it too much, but some of so do you not like meat? No, I like <laughs> I, I like meat. What, what meat is acceptable. I, I think hot dogs, I like flavorful meat. I like meat that has some taste to it. So what? Chicken? Um, yeah, I don't know. As long as it has taste, I'm I'm down. Wow, you not know, like well, ham? What? Why is this? No, question- no, no. Well, what happened well, in the house over there
0: no no i get into a lot of uh arguments with my general manager about ham on thanksgiving and he's like nope that's a christmas dish and thanksgiving's turkey no man you can never have too much meat i love ham. People, yes and and i'm not one of them i'm an equal opportunity meat eater i will have turkey i will have ham i don't care i will smash on anything yeah. in fact we picked out a honey baked ham that we're bringing over tomorrow so get ready for yeah that, that thing's It'll good be delicious. that thing's
1: like 150 dollars or something right
0: worry about it okay that's all right that's don't coming from us uh vincent <laughs> stefano said it's italian pasta with red sauce and sausage that sounds delicious
1: yeah that's it it's that sounds delicious whatever the yes. name was. yeah yeah mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. good.
0: and all right and my last our thoughts question for you before mm-hmm. we get to some mailbag before we get out of here uh what will the final score of the cowboys game be tomorrow matthew
1: oh it's going to be two nothing ending with a double play i think that's how it's going to end uh, they're going to end it with a double play yes and,
0: <laughs> and you're the cowboys fan you're playing the washington football team yeah.
1: yep <clears throat> Hold on. Yep, I had to mute that. But um, yes.
0: Yeah, so ahead. says Jay. I figured it was a Filipino Thanksgiving
1: because I know that you were Filipino. Mm, see, I don't know. That. So I what's the final score of them? the, of the Cowboys you game? off with of them. Uh, two nothing. Uh, no, I think the Cowboys win, dude. Cowboys are back on track. They won last week. against gets the Minnesota Vikings. They're gonna come in here. They're gonna take this one. They're gonna eat those turkey legs after the game. John Madden's gonna be risen from the death, and I just I can't wait to watch, dude. Is John Madden dead? He's not dead. Yeah, he is. John Madden's not dead. No yes, way. He is. He's died a long time ago, dude.
0: No, I'm googling it right now. John, John, Madden, John Madden's dead. not dead.
1: Yeah, it came up right away. 2017. Away. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 2017. Right.
0: I do not see this. No, Wait, he's still alive, no, dude. Yet. Why? Is still alive.
1: Did I just kill John Madden? A, he's 84. Turducken, right. bitch. <laughs> How can we don't hear from him anymore?
0: Well, because John his name is turducken. Oh. He's like, well, you know, if you need ten yards for first down, he was, you should get ten yards. He, he was, was the, the best, best at, at stating the off the obvious. Yeah. Well, I think that the, the Cowboys will win against the Washington football team in. Um, Oh, I don't know. By, you, by three,
1: three and a half points. Cowboys are going to lose. It's going to be a blowout. But yeah, the, the Redskins are going to kill them, dude. Yeah, so 99 so to zero. Jay, 99 to zero. Maybe 99 to two. Who knows?
0: <laughs> well, that's it for our thoughts segment. Thank you for playing along with us. Um, let's take a look at some of uh, our mailbag questions. Now, remember, you can email the show, sunsjamsession at gmail.com. You can visit sunsjamsession.com or you can hit us up on Twitter at sunsjam um somebody brought this up what do you think of bj johnson who is the ford the suns just signed
1: today dude this is the biggest signing i think of the suns like since since chris paul a guy who's played on four teams i think in three years but i mean what's cool is we actually got a wing though i feel like we've been signing so many point guards and bigs it's like don't we need a little bit of wing depth and this guy might help but he's a g league guy 10 10 day contract guy so yeah
0: I just uh, when this question came through, I was actually kind of surprised. I'm like, oh man, we signed somebody else. But yeah, he's six foot seven, I know, small that's forward. I, too. I was like, what? He's played 17 games in his career. So, you know, what do I think of him? Not much. I mean, he went to Lower Marion High School, which is where Kobe went. But again, it's just it's just James Jones trying to add some of that uh depth that we potentially might need and try people out and see yeah. if they've kind of fit within the confines of our system. Um, somebody also asked this question. They said, What do you think of this trade that we found? Oh, and I'm sorry. That previous question was from uh, Forcemaster76 mm-hmm. on Twitter. Uh, this next one, um, I forget who sent us to this to us, but they said, what do you think of this trade? The Knicks receive center Damian Jones, point guard Cameron Payne, uh, small forward, uh, uh, Abdel Nader, and the 2022 second-round pick for the Suns. And the Suns get Dennis Smith Jr. Ooh, that guy. Remember when
1: we wanted yes. him? Yes. Yeah, they like, was a the former Maverick. Year. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I was just like, we wanted a point guard to go along Devin Booker. He was the guy that we kind of wanted. Then he went to the New York Knicks to die. So I don't know how it's going with his career. I know he's like 14 at averages, 14 points a game. You can Google that stuff. But yeah, I don't even know where he would fit now because head wise, like how he is mentally, that is a big factor with the Suns now. So I don't see the fit. I think it's kind of a you know if the deal works
0: anybody who's playing in New York you don't tr- truly know what their potential is. Uh Miss Angelina in uh, exactly. uh, Ch- Dennis Smith is so dope. Yeah, I I'm a big fan. You were a big fan too, Matthew. Like you I both was. like Dennis Smith. Now, now imagine you get your, so essentially what you're doing is you're giving up Damian Jones, you're giving up that third, you know, guy behind eight essentially who might play some second depending on how Jalen Smith plays. Uh you're giving up Cameron Payne who in my opinion's third on the on the totem pole behind CP3 and Javon Carter. You're giving up uh, uh, Abdel Nader, who's kind of on the bottom of the the totem pole as yeah, well yeah. as far as the depth chart is concerned. You're giving up a 2022 second round pick, and you're getting Dennis Smith. I think that that's something that I mean, again, I don't know kind of Dennis Smith Jr.'s uh, state of mind and how he's been playing as a member of the of, of the Knicks. Because let's face it, anybody who's playing there is not playing very well. But I think
1: (laughs) I love how you say that. It's just so depressing. Yeah, it is. I
0: mean, it it really is. But you look at it. I mean, he's making $5.6 million this year and he's a free agent next year. So, you know, it gives you a little bit of flexibility. gives you somebody who has some potential and maybe fits within the confines of the culture. We just don't know if that's the case. But I'd actually be
1: open to that trade. Well, he wouldn't want the role, too. I mean, would you want him more than Javon Carter? Because Carter's a number two for sure. If Dennis Smith comes in, I mean, maybe he can play the number two as well as, mm-hmm. as maybe he has in his. I don't know. I haven't watched him since like his first to second. Well, that, year, I think dude. that's
0: that's the thing. You because know, Steve Holler. He'll pass on DSJ. You know, Dennis Smith Junior. Yeah. But again, I mean, he's somebody who he's, he's young been a he had that potential. Yeah, he's been a starter and he was part of that Porzingis trade. And I just I don't know why uh, he hasn't. He lost got too him. big
1: too quick. I think he got too big yeah. too quick. Wasn't I he in the dunk th- contest? Yeah, he was. He got too big too quick. Maybe I don't know, man,
0: but. Oh, So yeah, Miss M- yeah. Miss Angelina. Sorry, but yeah, Smith over Carter. I think he he has more of an offensive game. Uh, he's not a great distributor, but he's really good in college. I All don't right, know. Well,
1: I'm gonna sit down, watch some tape for a couple hours yeah, and okay. Smith, and, <laughs> and I'm gonna get my own pride coming and, up. Oh, <laughs> and then you guys can watch, and then yeah. <laughs> okay. Well,
0: uh, what else you got, Matthew? Before we get out of here on this Thanksgiving Eve, which should be a holiday. I'm 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 pushing for this Thanksgiving Eve should be a holiday.
1: Uh, I don't think that'll ever happen, but I have nothing, John. You know, I've just been hanging in there. It's been a crazy, crazy week. It really uh, has. Beh- behind the scenes at the Lissy household, you know. Yeah. People just come and walk in, whatever. But, um, anyways. somebody at your will- house. No, no one. Oh, okay.
0: I'm like, scaring me, man. What have you been up to, dude? Well, it's like you said, it's been an absolutely got Five cra- minutes. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> it's been an absolutely crazy week, uh, given everything that's gone on. I mean, from the trade deadline to um the draft to free agency i'm really looking forward to just kind of relaxing for a week before we get into training camps and kind of yeah. seeing what uh what james jones is is planning on doing um oh let's hit, let's hit this real quick regan graves in the or yeah regan graves in the chat tyson taishan Ty, Ty alexander any thoughts yeah
1: what do you have on him uh nothing really why <laughs> well how did this come up dude what do you got so somebody brought up in chat i know we, we, we haven't
0: we, talked about sean at all
1: well what we do is we we bring up notes and we study for hours and hours so we can remember yeah, this right. stuff you can't just bring stuff up like this yes what do you, you have on
0: him, John? i like tyshawn alexander because he play yeah he's somebody i have uh so i work in hospitality and i have some guests who always come and stay with us who are huge creighton fans and interesting interestingly enough when the pandemic hit they were at my hotel sitting in my market, watching the Creighton game. And the Creighton yeah. game is the game where at halftime, they canceled the tournament right in the middle of the game. Okay. And I was like, Oh story? shit. Yeah, this happened. It's it, uh God, God, I, I'm, I'm going to forget their last name. Uh, the Sullivan's the Sullivan's and they're from um, the Midwest, wherever Creighton is. That's where they're from. They go to the games on Nebraska. He's from Nebraska. So I think Creighton's uh, around there somewhere. Um, But anyways, he he told me, he's like Tyshawn Alexander, because I asked him about his team. And it, I'm, I'm yeah. like, hey, I do a Suns podcast. You know, uh, is there anybody I should be looking out for? He's like, Tyshawn Alexander, he's he's good. He's going to go pro. Uh, I don't know if he should. You know, I, I think that he still has to uh, some room to grow. And then that's the, the guy that the Suns signed on the two-way contract uh as an undrafted rookie. And I think that he's somebody who um we'll, we'll see again there's so much depth there but it's another guy who i feel like james jones is going to try to bring this these guys in try them out within our system and see if they're those quality individual guys that monty can connect with and could potentially uh render us some depth when needed that's what you're gonna need man chris paul
1: ain't playing 72 games man he ain't playing we'll see. 72 we'll games see. i know i don't i i believe you but we'll see man he's He's here to have some fun and prove some people wrong. But I was like, did we talk? We didn't talk about Tyshawn at all. Did we? No, we didn't. That's why I when remember I saw watching the, some, footage of him, him, but we in never the chat, him I was
0: like, we need to talk about him a little bit. Uh, yeah. and yes, Miss Angelina, we do study. We care very much about the Phoenix suns. We talk about them all the time. We'd like to know. We, we like to know what we're talking about. Yeah. So. We
1: do flashcards. John comes over. We sit on the floor and we do flashcards. Yeah. <laughs> two times. Two is? <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> um, But yeah, I mean, other than that, you know, busy week. I'll tell you one thing I did do, okay? I did start watching Breaking Bad. I've never watched it before.
1: Yes, everybody just let John know how great Breaking Bad is because he's the last man on earth. I seriously am. He's been been in a relationship for seven years or how long, and he still hasn't watched it with my sister, his wife, and now they're watching it, and it's the best show probably ever. Yeah, she's
0: waiting in the living room right now. She's like, when are you going to be done? Because I want to watch Breaking Bad. I'm like, hold on, (laughs) got the pod. We're on season two, like episode four or five. and it's it's really starting to get kind of good good. uh the the annoying thing is the first like eight episodes or i'm exaggerating the first like five episodes just walter white coughing the whole time i'm like come on man Mm -hmm. yeah there you go vincent stefanelli uh creighton's in omaha nebraska that's where the sullivans are from they're from omaha nebraska because they always talk about uh the college world series and they were upset because um they couldn't go to it this year and yes miss angelina jesse is the man i'm loving him more every episode uh I forget the name of the actor, but, man, he's a good actor. Him him, and Walter White are great actors. His sister, yeah. or, uh, yeah, Marie, I don't like her. I don't like Hank no and Marie. Too. Okay. Yeah,
1: I'm, Hank's cool. No one likes his sister, but or his wife, and, Hank's wife.
0: And then Walter White's wife looks just like my sister, so that's always kind of... Really? Uh, yeah, it's like, ah, uh, Bonnie? Like, <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> annoying. But that's anyways, cool, uh, other than that, you know, just kind of... Preparing for the podcast and getting ready for to have a, a great Thanksgiving. So, all right. Well, can't wait happy, to see you tomorrow. Yes, yes, sir. After work, because I have to work tomorrow. Yes. Um, but happy Thanksgiving to all of the Suns Jamsters out there. We truly appreciate you coming and hanging out with us a little bit. A uh, couple things. If you're interested in, um, let's see, what do I have this here? If you're interested in following the show, make sure that you do so. Press the subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, Click the thumbs up. We truly appreciate it. If you're listening on the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network, go ahead and do the same. Um, If you like, one thing that I did, you see this painting that I did behind me. It is now currently available for sale. Not the actual original art, but I am selling on my Redbubble page, the Sun's Jam Session Redbubble page. Um, All kinds of different stuff. You could buy shower curtains. You could buy comforters, prints, yeah, you got to do this in the middle
1: of the pod. Everyone's logging off, dude. Oh, sorry.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, the link is in the bio on the YouTube page. So if you want to uh, support the show, I truly appreciate it. Um, I got
1: that, I got this clock say? from Target. I think it was 20 bucks. Are you going to sell it? Uh, I didn't even actually buy it. My sister bought it for me. So you can go ahead and go to Target, $20. That's nice, nice.
0: Right. So, But but happy Thanksgiving to all you Jamsters out there. Yeah. You can follow me on Twitter, at Darth Voida, You can follow Matthew on Twitter. At Matthew Lissy. And that's all I have for this one. It's time for me to go watch some Breaking Bad, fellas. All
1: right. Fill up your tummies and love your family.
0: Take care, everybody.